0: Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T and with me as always is my co-host Dr Toomey. How are you this morning,
1: Toomey? Oh yes, I am very good this morning, Professor T. I have just been out for a jog out in the Irish town. Oh, Irish town, not the Irish town. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, a nature park there out beside the incinerator. Oh, wow. uh, it's a lovely nature park. Uh, Naturist. I was going to say but it's the So I'm just back from that. So I enjoyed that. It's a bright morning here in Dublin. It's the 25th of January. I'm time stamping this. It's 11:26. <laughs> haven't done that in a while. <laughs> yeah, haven't done that in a while because our episodes were usually recorded in advance. Months um, in advance. Months in
0: advance. How are you this morning, Professor T? Oh, I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, I just had a uh, breakfast there. I got a, <laughs> went to centre and got a roll, <laughs> and oh. she put um she put ordinary tomatoes on it instead of sun dried tomatoes, but you know well, I didn't have the heart to put her up. It was the same woman <laughs> as well, by the way. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Anyway, but was it was grand. The just... fresh tomatoes were all right. It was it was grand. Um, I um haven't haven't been out to run, or we don't have any incinerators here, so. Um, Apologies. Uh, That's a pity. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Just having a coffee here and getting ready to record. It's nice to record in the morning for once, actually. Yes. I felt like I could adequately prepare rather than coming home from work, rushing around, fluting, dinner, all that shit. So it's nice.
1: Yeah, and I think the last episode we were fluting and it was recorded at about five o'clock. And we both, I think, in that podcast, ran out of steam towards the end. I noticed myself, anyway.
0: Jesus, even listening to my introduction, I sound defeated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Hello and welcome to. Uh, yeah, you Christ. sound sick. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It was a tough slog that one to get out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's I think. Good, good I think in it.
1: future maybe we should do most of them on, on the morning time
0: at the weekend, or the afternoon. That's probably. what we did with two. I mean, our uh, previous podcast that we don't discuss.
1: <laughs> yeah. The two <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, uh, are we ready to go on this bad boy? Let's go, Professor T. Lead us out. Lead us out. Okay. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's let's start. Okay. Will I introduce the topic? The topic is, uh, as discussed last week or yeah, the last episode. Spotify end of year top one hundred songs. Everybody who subscribes to Spotify gets one of these. They send you an email usually, usually, and then a a playlist appears in your playlist, and the playlist is of your top one hundred listened songs in um the previous year. Or it's it's kind of annoying though because it starts. They send them out at the start of December, and I always wonder what happens to the songs you listen to from the sixth to the thirty-first of December. Are they ever factored into anything or? are they saying the year basically goes from January to November and then that's it? Because, like, do they roll those into 2020 then? Or what, what happens to that month? I, I, that's a question I've always had.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a pondering. I'm looking at my own dates of those songs on my playlist and it's the 12th of December. 12th, okay, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Um, but still, like, there's a good 19 days left in the month there. Um, what happens to that? Anyway, that's a side, but, side but point. They there. should call
1: it your top songs January to December 12th. Yes,
0: that would be more accurate, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so why are we doing this? We're doing this because it's a task where we have to force ourselves to do something that we don't normally do. And that's one of the things that underpins this whole podcast. It's not, not every single episode, but it's a general theme. And we each listen to completely different music from one another. So it was timely. It was the end of the year when I thought of doing this. And we just took a few weeks to get around to it. But I think it is something new for both of us. And that's really the whole point of this whole exercise
1: absolutely absolutely professor t and it's something that i think uh you get you kind of get into your silos uh in terms of uh, musical preference yeah. over the years i know yeah um but you kind of for me anyway i get more kind of sorry siloed siloed oh no <laughs> I was trying to, trying to use, phrase it a different way but i couldn't think of it um so opening your mind up and trying to take on uh, some t- completely different music and be open to that and see how you get on with that um, and seeing if that kind of expands your mind and, and leads you to listening to uh, different music. And what a better way to do that than for us as friends who, uh, as we've said, have completely different tastes of music and always
0: have had. Yes. Correct. Yes.
1: <clears throat> so we've justified this enough, have
0: we? I think so, yeah. <laughs> The charade. We've <laughs> justified this. It's listening to a few songs enough, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so what we did was we listened to the top 10 most listened songs that each of us had in the year 2019 up to December 12th. And, uh, yeah, we've we've taken notes on each other's songs and reflected on them. And we're going to discuss each other's songs from the perspective of the person whose sounds... <laughs> what?
0: what? I just thought we were just going to discuss them from our own perspective.
1: No, no I'm just, what I mean is I'm discussing your songs from my perspective and you're discussing my songs from your perspective oh yeah well i think that's a given
0: that's a given Uh, one thing i wanted to say i did put in some rules when we were kind of putting together this task i I assume you adhere to them but my my ruling was if you have multiple songs within your top 10 by the same artist you skip that song and you go on to the next new artist yes i yes that was the the main rule yes I think one act featured about three or four times in my top ten, so I just didn't want it to be all samey when we were talking about it because that's boring. So, so you're going to the first track of each new artist, so you might have to skip down a couple if there's repeat tracks from the same band, basically.
1: Yeah, okay. And all that said, I think we'll go into it. I'm going to start... Uh, by giving my reflections on your your top ten songs from two thousand and nineteen, and we should probably just say that this is going to be a two part episode uh, to give us a bit of space and time to play the tracks and uh, uh, snippets of the tracks anyway, and uh, allow
0: time for our reflections. Yeah. So my my songs episode one, your songs episode two. Yes. Let's go.
1: Okay. Your top songs two thousand and nine. Professor T. The perspective of Doctor Toomey. Right. <laughs> Doodal- okay sorry <laughs> all right so <clears throat> i suppose my first reflection on this is that it's uh, the genre is as expected <laughs> so it's uh it's heavy metal music um the uh i noticed listening to it that i had to adhere to that rule about not listening to the same artist twice there's a there's a band called riot um that i just counted on here one two three four I think they would have been in four of your top ten. So yeah. I'm only going to discuss one of their songs. That's uh,
0: that's fair, yeah. But see, what happened is I went to see them last year. And you know when you... I don't know if you do the same, but when I'm going to see somebody, I listen to their music like mad in advance. So that's how that ended up happening.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah, I was surprised to, to see that because uh, I... I didn't ever hear you speak about Riot before, although we'd ever discuss each other's music, really.
0: Well, I didn't know them before, and I happened to go and see them at a festival last year, and then they became like a really a band I really liked. So that's kind of how that happened.
1: Okay, um, yeah. So that was that was one thing that stood out, along with the heavy metal music, and then there was a couple of slower songs in there, which I thought was maybe he's trying to balance himself off here a bit. <laughs> um, but that's that's kind of my my general reflection on it, and. I think the the best way to get into it is I've taken notes for the individual songs and uh, I might uh, just play a little snippet in the background as we go and the first song is Blood Streets by Riot. Uh, Blood Streets by Riot Uh, my my notes I've taken on this uh, my reaction to it I don't listen to this type of music but I was able to try and uh, see the positives (laughs) so I thought it was an anthem type of style I thought it was 1980s rock vibe I thought it was very satisfying Uh, the singer had a good voice I thought it was Guns N' Roses-esque even though I don't know much about Guns N' Roses but it reminded me of Guns N' Roses Uh, I thought the guitar was good and then I looked Riot up Because I thought, they're they're a new band that you'd never discussed before. It's interesting he has a new band in there. But it seems like they're from the 1980s and 1970s.
0: Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, so they started in the late 70s, uh, became popular in the 80s. That album was 88. That's probably their breakthrough album. And um, there's a version of the band around now. but There's only one member of the band in the current version that was on that album there. um, And then a touring member from that tour is also in the current band. So the version of the band right now is called Riot Five or Riot V, and that's because they're in their fifth fifth singer. So there's a lot of lineup changes, but they they still play the same music. And yes, they are they are from the '80s. So that sound is isn't trying to replicate the '80s. It's actually from the 1980s. From um, the 1980s. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's like I I know it's not the type of music you listen to, but like if I could put the type of music that I like in one song, that's fucking pretty close
1: yeah it would be the type of song I would think about when I think about your music uh, uh, taste and uh, yeah I thought it was interesting that your most played song is from
0: the 1980s uh, rather than current music well yes and yeah that's true but I, I think actually a lot of the rest of them are quite current but it is it is kind of unusual for me that that would be my most played song uh, yes from the 19,
1: Nin- 1980s. 1980s very good so we'll move on to track number two And this is In The End by The Cranberries. Ain't it strange when everything you wanted Was nothing that you wanted in the end? Ain't it strange when everything you dreamt of Was nothing that you dreamt of? In the end. all right we get the vibe there <laughs> in the end the haunting lyrics of Dolores what's her second name okay. Dolores O'Riordan um I I a few notes here on that uh yeah I'm surprised to see that number two and such a, a heavy metal person um but I've, I thought it was an emotional song about broken dreams, um, settling for what you've got. Um, and there was lovely melodies in there. Um, it was a bit dreary, I thought, <laughs> but also uh, simultaneously uplifting. And then I was wondering as well. Um, so could you repeat the lyrics there at the start? I can't quite remember them
0: in my head now. And it's strange that everything you wanted wasn't what you wanted in the end.
1: Yes, yes. Th- those are really uh, interesting lyrics. And I was wondering... Were they at all personal? or Because it's quite an emotional song, so I wouldn't mean that.
0: So I listened to that song a lot during the year, but um, I think thoughts about things like that were going through my head quite a lot as well. So I think it was a subconscious uh, choice for me to continue listening to that so much. Uh, but yeah, definitely, in retrospect, um, makes a lot of sense based on things I went through in my personal life this year. So... It, when I found out that that was number two, I wasn't surprised because I remembered listening to it a lot, but also it was a kind of, there was a weird kind of a sting to it as well.
1: Yes, because of the ups and downs you've you've kind of gone through and stuff.
0: And and just so it was so spot on, like the lyrics are just so spot on about what just happened in my life. It's, yeah. It's it's mad. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was interesting. What, what I also like about that song is it's a posthumous release by the Cranberries, obviously Dolores O'Riordan died a few years ago, um. So that was released from snippets of stuff they had, and I found that listening to that song, if you actually listen to it, it's it's the same. It opens with the chorus, and then there's a kind of a refrain, and it just repeats three times. That so there's no different lyrics in the entire song, except there's a uh, the the kind of operatic kind of vocals then uh, with no lyrics to them as well, but. Uh, I think they just had bits and pieces lying around in the studio and they pieced together songs. And that's basically what that whole album is. And I think that's an excellent example of putting a song together out of very, very limited pieces of vocals, but making an actual whole song out of it.
1: Very, very nice. And we're going to move on to track number three, which is A Wolf. (laughs) Sorry, A Wolf in My Heart by Haydivoch. Haydivoch. Okay, let's... Play those guys. (laughs) So the (laughs) The message is very clear. There's a wolf in this gentleman's heart and it's fighting to survive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I thought this was, (laughs) I thought it reminded me of the type of, I'd I'd, I'd written down here nerdy or kind of video gamey, like, you know, playing those kind of questy games where you try to conquer the world and there's like rock music playing in the round the background yeah 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 there's a wolf in my heart we're going on a quest <laughs> um, <laughs> mm,
0: i think you're looking at it too simplistically there but anyway go
1: ahead um and then i thought the lyrics yeah if you looked at it more uh, in a more complex way there's another lyric in there is i was born with a wolf in my heart and i think it's maybe talking about uh the difference uh when you're a human being between your animalistic urges and and uh, keeping that in control, keeping that in check. So that's, yeah, that'd more, my that would be my more serious reaction to it.
0: That's how I would look at it. But I think it's the, the constant battle between the the animal and the man inside a human. And he's like, I learned to live in the dark, but I was born with a wolf. Oh, sorry, I learned to live in the dark, but I was born with a wolf in my heart. So he's basically hiding that part of his personality uh, his whole life. Because you can't, you can't be an animal, you can't uh act on all of your natural urges because that's insane and illegal but uh yes <laughs> that's the way i look at that song. So,
1: it's unfortunate you can't be an animal <laughs> no, oh it is unfortunate it's a fucking
0: political correctness gone mad
1: <laughs> but uh, it was a good song catchy chorus uh it wouldn't be my cup of tea um, um but i could see why
0: one would like it yeah that's another band saw them at a festival uh, I think I'm pretty sure I saw them at a festival, or else they were on a festival lineup, uh, and I went and investigated them. And that one has stuck with me for the last few years. I've been playing that. That's uh, one of my favorite songs in the, I've heard in the last few years.
1: It's kind—it's of, kind of uplifting. It kind of energizes you, or something like. I—I I know I said you're going on a quest, but it feels like that. <laughs> it's like there's a wolf in my heart, and it's fighting to survive. Uh, okay, we'll go on to the next one, which is nonetheless Mary on a Cross by Ghost. And the album title here is Seven Inches of Satanic Panic.
0: Yeah, it's it's just a neat beat. uh
1: Sorry for the abrupt ending there for Mariana Cross by Ghost from the album Seven Inches of a Satanic Panic. <laughs> for such a, a kind of loaded uh, uh, subject matter and um, uh, title for the song and album, I, I found this song very melo- melodic.
0: Melodic, <laughs> melodic, yeah. Melodic,
1: yeah. catchy. I thought it was good music. Very, very nice 1980s vibe. Um, kind of lyrics you could kind of like sing along to, I thought. Uh, uh, I didn't quite know what the chorus there was about. You is it? You go down just like Mary on a cross.
0: You go down just like Holy Mary, Mary on a Mary on a cross. I haven't got a notion what he's talking about, but uh, yeah, you, one of, the implication of go down is to perform oral sex on. So I, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Go down like Mary on a cross, though. So, so I kind of my interpretation is Mary performing oral sex <laughs> on a crucifix,
1: <laughs> which is a very pr- provocative image.
0: Yes. And
1: I wonder, is this, like, from the 1980s, is it? No, no, that's a recent song. That was out last year. Oh, I was going to... My whole spiel was going to be... Was that from the 1980s when it was risque
0: to, like, produce such imagery in your music? No. See, the thing with Ghost is they have all the dark imagery and they have dark kind of... Themes, but the music is essentially pop music, so it's a, a strange thing for some people because they're almost marketed like a heavy metal band, but they're not really a heavy metal band, they're much more pop oriented. So it's an unusual package of uh pop with dark imagery,
1: definitely. Really, it really is. That's one of the the songs from your list that I, I'd i see myself listening to just because it's so melodic, and yeah. uh, <laughs> so I got that second time. Um, and there's a good story in it if you listen to the whole song, and uh. There's there's lots of different melodies in it as well, so I actually really enjoyed that song. Um, Yes, they're good at writing
0: uh, a chorus, but also like a bridge and a pre-chorus and things like that. Uh, So it's very good songwriting, I think. Yes,
1: absolutely. Now we're going on to the next song, number five. This is The Revenant King by Visogoth. Visogoth. Very good, you know. <laughs> right? The Revenant King by Visgo. Ah.
0: Visigoth.
1: Excuse me.
0: Of course, from the Visigothic Kingdom, uh, the Visigoths were a Germanic tribe that participated in the sack of Rome back in the 5th century.
1: Oh, of course, yes. Thank you for regaling us with that. Um, so I thought, again, a kind of questy vibe. We're going on a quest. <laughs> sorry yeah. uh, well that one is pretty uh, much about a quest yeah quest the, the theme of the song which is 8 minutes long um, yes apologies <laughs> about that
0: <laughs>
1: is that I will rec- reclaim my rightful throne the, there's a young man sitting on the throne basically and I want to reclaim my rightful throne which is kind of cool again it, like this song is, it, I feel like it wants to motivate me to go and, and, and rec- reclaim my rightful throne I just have to figure out where that is
0: from lands beyond the waking world
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think with this song I struggled to connect with it at the start it was a bit like heavy bit too heavy heavy metal for me um, but I can understand the appeal of it again it's a catchy song good guitar music um, and yeah I enjoyed it
0: good stuff and I, I love the um the the term or the, the the name Revenant I had to actually look that up what it was but a Revenant is a some a mythological feat, uh, figure that person who dies coming back from the dead and i think then the revenant becomes immortal as a result of coming back from the dead so do you remember the film with leonardo dicaprio the revenant as well uh, so i think what they're implying with him was he should have died all of the stuff he went through in that film but he didn't and he survived and he went on to uh, prosper
1: i was not aware of that and that's a good uh description of what that means so we'll move on now to number 6. Pressing on now to number 6 and we're going on to Luminous Eyes by Hunt. That's the Luminous Eyes by Hunt. Um, I didn't like the vocal quality on this one. Um, uh, while I thought the the I thought it was kind of a rough uh, kind of vibe to it. Good good music, good guitar work again. I thought it was nineteen seventy sound, but it seems to have been a two thousand and seventeen release.
0: Yeah, they're a, they're a current band. Yeah,
1: um, I thought a bit copying what was in the seventies. Uh, not that I know anything about the genre really, but I I didn't see anything or hear anything fresh about it. And I'm sorry to be so critical about it, but one question I had was, and this might offend you, is why are shite singers so acceptable in heavy metal?
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> that's a hot take. Um, shite singers, okay. I I'll give you that that this is this is lo fi and that's by by. Uh, by choice, like so, the, the guy behind the band, Trevor William Churchy, records all the stuff at home uh, with a very lo fi sound that's kind of the signature sound of the band. But yeah, he's not, a, he doesn't have a great range as a singer. I think what people like and respect about that band is that it's all kind of DIY, uh, do it yourself, which is when heavy metal became popular in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, people kind of did it themselves they did it on a low budget they did it uh they were working class and they made music and that's kind of like bands like black sabbath and stuff like that they weren't necessarily the greatest singers they weren't necessarily the most technically proficient musicians but they still made it and they, they made m- music that people could connect to so he is definitely replicating music of the 1970s and 1980s in fact haunt visigoth and other bands that i liked are Part of a kind of somewhat official movement called the new wave of traditional heavy metal. So it's modern bands that replicate bands from the past or are inspired by bands from the past uh, and make music based on that style.
1: That's really cool. Um, that has actually opened my mind a bit more to to that because I had a quite a negative uh, spin on that. But knowing that, I if I'd known that in advance before I listened to it, I I would uh, probably look upon it more favorably. And I, I really, I, I kind of appreciate what they're doing because of of how kind of commodified and profession, overly professional sounding new music has to be in, in 2020 so i kind of res- respect their approach yeah. very good and we're on to number seven um, and a kind of a change of mood here a welcome break
0: (laughs) well yeah I'd say that was a bit repetitive there for a while I
1: was like oh god oh thank god I know this song and this is a song I'm I'm actually a a huge fan of myself and it is Father and Son by Mr. Cat Stevens How can I try to explain when I do Great song. Uh, surprised to see it in your top ten, um, and it's a. I think the original version by Cat Stevens is a, is a beautiful song, much more emotive than the Boyzone
0: cover. Oh Jesus Christ! Which, it's an abortion which of a cover.
1: Butchered it, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I think this is a. A, a lot of people will be familiar with this song, obviously, and uh, what you might not know is that I went through my own period, maybe a couple of years ago, of listening to this song repeatedly and constantly.
0: Yeah, um, I think we did talk about this all right, yeah, recently.
1: Yes. Um, and there's something, there's just some great lines about it that the, the overall theme is about a father and son and they're talking about their relationship, I think, and the father talking to the son. And I, There's just some really lines that sta- stand out for me from from this song. For For example, from the moment I could talk, I was ordered to listen.
0: Oh, it, it actually puts, like, it makes uh, the hair on my arm stand up every time I hear that line.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's the way he, he sings... I was ordered to listen he puts a bit of emphasis in it where you can you can tell that he really means it
0: it's um, a yeah, it's a beautiful song it's I think it's one of the best songs ever written to be completely hyperbolic but uh, <laughs> it's and it was only recently when I went through my period of listening to it on repeat that. I realized that the verses are spoken from the different perspectives of the father and the son and yeah. he sings in a different uh, he has a different sounding voice when he's speaking as the son and when he's speaking as the father he sings in a different tone and it's like once you realize that and maybe most people fucking realize that immediately i don't know but i didn't really properly listen to this until very recently and i was like this is fucking brilliant like it's just it must speak to so many people um yeah. how can I try to explain when I do he turns away again it's always been the same the same old story like, who can't relate to that shit with their parents like, yeah
1: especially with men as well it speaks to men not opening up about their feelings and their kind of the, the closed relationship that, that could often happen between a father and a son
0: yeah it's
1: beautiful and uh, I just one other line I really like from that is uh, all the times that I've cried keeping all the things I knew inside I think that's that's, that's really nice it's a very very powerful song so well done with that one. <laughs>
0: Thanks very much. Nice respite from all the heavy metal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, we'll go on to uh, number eight, which is back on form now <laughs> The Devil is Here by Witch Hazel. off there um i thought this was a, a really good singer on this song I, I thought it was very well produced i thought it was easy to listen to and catchy and i have written down here good shouty while still singing so it's good shouty in there um but i also on the negative side <laughs> the devil is here and he wants to bring you down Is repeated five times <laughs> at the, start of the, song. <laughs> the devil is here and he wants to bring you down imagine writing that down okay the devil is here and he wants to bring you down <laughs> I'll I'll do that five times.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's unremarkable lyrically, but it's it's just an, an earworm. I think for me, it's just it's very very catchy. Just stuck in my head. But yeah, it's not it's not a remarkable song. I don't think it's it's probably the the my least favorite in my top ten. I'd say.
1: What why do you think it is in heavy metal there is this overarching theme of Satan and the devil and evil
0: and things like that? Um, I think it comes from the same place as horror fiction, horror films. Um those type of characters and comic books and things, in that there's a certain type of person who is drawn towards darker themed music, films, books, and uh, animation, let's say. And heavy metal music is a celebration of that, I think. And it, it's become a trope now it's become a cliche but there's a lot of good, really good stuff there as well I don't think that song's in an example of one now but i I've always been drawn towards that even from a very young age I used to hang around the horror section of extravision and look at all the videos and just want to watch them it like and I, I've always been drawn towards um darker t- themed things um it just even dark clothes. I like wearing black. <laughs> I'm not a goth or anything like that, but I do like. I like wearing black t-shirts and black hoodies and things like that. And I don't know. It's just it's a package. Like heavy metal to me is a package deal, and I'm all in on that package.
1: Okay, fair enough. You're you're happy enough with the whole the whole package. Um, great, and that that theme is continued on into the next song, the penultimate song, "The Attack of the Dead Man" by a f- probably a famous band Sabaton. Well, Uh, I, I
0: might surprise you about this one, go ahead.
1: Okay. in some sort of war again we're, we're in a quest it's a battle and, uh, later on in the song i noted that there was a very good solo guitar part in it and i also like the chanty chorus and i got used to it it wouldn't be my cup of tea um but i feel like you have an interesting point to make about this well looking at
0: the title of it you're like probably going for fuck's sake like attack of the dead man you're going what's what's this shit um it's actually, so that album, Sabaton are a band I go to see very often, that's the band who hosts that festival in Sweden that I go to every year. Um, and they write all of their songs about war or history. And that album that it's from, The Great War, is actually a concept album about World War One, And the attack of the dead men was a famous battle in World War One that took place in Poland in August 1915. So, uh it was between the Russians and the Germans but the Germans had used a combination of um, poisons in order to, to basically uh, fight against the Germans so they were using stuff like poison gas bromine and chlorine and the attack of the dead men was like um, how it became affectionately known because because of all the things that the Russians had been attacked with by the Germans they looked like zombies. They, they were approaching the Germans, and they were barely able to walk, barely able to stand. They had poisonous gas running through their bodies, so it almost looked like an army of zombies approaching the Germans at this battle in World War One.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. I and I really that gives me more respect yeah, for it. I thought it was some zombie thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's really, that's good that that these types of bands are covering this like subject matter rather than breaking up with your girlfriend or something
0: or yeah uh, i think to to the outside on the outside looking in people look heavy metal and they go they see words like dead devil and all that type of stuff and they think it's a lot of shit but in my experience there's a, a far more substance to a lot of it than most people would think uh, and when you, when you think about it logically these are grown men and they're touring the world and they're making music no, nobody's going around singing about a load of shite. Very few people actually are. If you look into most of it, there's there's substance there. If you want to find it,
1: and I wonder is that part of the um, the culture again that it it uh, is not immediately appealing to the average person, average person, <laughs> average person. So um,
0: <laughs> maybe maybe that's yeah preferred. It, well it's inaccessible definitely and and i think sometimes it almost they put up barriers to these people these bands uh and it, it makes it inaccessible but like i wouldn't want to be going to see sabaton if they were playing to eighty thousand people in Slane, to be perfectly honest you know i like them to be my band that i can go to see with eight thousand people in attendance or something like that um and that's yeah so i think it, everyone's happy about that really like i mean the, the biggest heavy metal gig i went to ever in my life was metallica at Slane last year and there was just fucking way too many people at it. It didn't it didn't feel like mine at all. It felt like everybody else's.
1: I understand that completely. And too many people ruins it really. Yeah. Um Okay, on to track ten of ten, the final track. Let's bring it home with the clarion call by Falcon. Falconer. That's the final song. Um, groups of people going on quests again. We're at war. It's another battle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, I thought a very interesting lyric was, "Whose whose side is God really on?" I thought that was. Yeah,
0: cool. I like that. Yeah, that, that stands out to me as well. Yeah. No one's side because he doesn't exist. How about that?
1: <laughs> oh, good answer.
0: I think that's what he's getting at, though. Oh, I didn't.
1: I didn't know that. Uh, thank you for clarifying that. Well, sorry,
0: that's my interpretation of it. Sorry, uh, oh. it's not necessarily correct. Yes
1: um uh, again very good uh music uh good very melodic uh to use that word again uh good drums modern sound uh very good i think i was a bit burned out from the heavy metal at this stage i was a bit tired uh, yeah that's
0: understandable yeah
1: but i thought, thought it was a good song to to finish off on uh did you have any thoughts on this song that you want to share or
0: yeah, there's Falconer, another Swedish band a band I saw at that same festival that Sabaton play at, and um, I saw them a few years ago, and just a few of their songs just really stuck with me. That was one of them, and it's. Just I think I like the instrumentation, the guitar. I love the singer, and the the chorus is extremely catchy. And uh, as you'll have noticed, there is a theme that runs through all the a lot of these songs. A lot of them are about battles or war or quests. But uh, for somebody who doesn't really like Lord of the Rings or any of that shit, I love it in my music. I, I can't I can't explain to you why because it doesn't really add up. Like I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I hated the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but put it in a heavy metal song, and I'm all for it. So I don't know what it is about it, but it always just appeals to me.
1: Who can't beat an old quest? <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, we are always looking for quests in our life, like to give ourselves a sense of meaning. So maybe there's there's something that there too.
0: Yeah, well, maybe there is. Yeah, I hadn't, I never thought of that. now. Uh, but um, yeah, there's there's such there is a serious theme that runs through a lot of those songs, without a doubt.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that's the ten. Where ten in the can. Just to note as well, uh, I skipped on a few of your top ten. You had five by Riot, or sorry, four by Riot, in your original top ten. You had two by Haunt, the band Hunt, and then you had two by Visigoths. V- <laughs> Visigoth, <laughs> Visigoth. So, so that speaks to somebody who who really likes to get
0: into bands. I think, which you've always been like really. Yeah, well, I I, I try to. I'm, I'm becoming less and less a person who listens to albums now, I have to say. And more and more a person who listens to podcasts and random songs. Uh, but when I see a band I really like, I do put the effort in because I think it's worth it. It's it's a very rewarding pastime for me. I'm going to see Vizigot three times this year over in the UK. And I fucking can't wait. Um, so, yeah. Should yeah,
1: be it's hard. great. And I think you do go to a lot of gigs. You have a lot of... Um, variety and your interests there was no iron maiden in your top 10 and and i was looking through your list i don't think there's an iron maiden in your top 20 or top 30 even
0: would you believe there's no iron maiden in my top 100 oh really there's none in the the top 100 no yeah but perversely they were my most listened to band (laughs) interesting (laughs) so i i didn't listen to many songs repeatedly but i listened to them maybe all once or something like that
1: yeah i can identify with that though because you go through periods with your favorite artists of not listening to them um well i think everyone does. with them
0: it's it's like i've listened to them enough almost like i know that's a really weird way of putting it but if i'm going to see them i'm going to see them in june i'll start listening to them more but i think i didn't go to see them last year so that's probably another part of why i didn't really listen to them
1: yeah and i suppose it it's hard to sustain your enthusiasm when the, the band has been on the go for like 40 years or something 30 years for,
0: 40 yeah and but also i listen to the talking maiden podcast every single week so i get my feel that way as well i think
1: okay cool um, well, for me, listening to this, I um, what and our conversation, what I'm taking from it is like there's a lot more in these songs than meets the eye. Like if you look into the backstory of the songs, like my initial uh, reaction was probably, oh, that's just a quest. <laughs> but but they like it's really cool. Like the when you look into, there are actually songs about wars that have actually happened. Uh, it's a really nice juxtaposition in some of the songs between melodies and like just strange lyrics, like a Cross. Um, and uh, I don't think I would take on most of the songs and listen to them again too much. But I think I've I've gained a new respect for heavy metal music. And I think I, one thing I found as well is that the more you listen to it, the more you like it. I think. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's because at the start, your my brain is telling me, "Oh, that's that." Uh, listen to that loud guitar, and the the singer's voice isn't amazing, and they're singing about quests. But then all that closed-mindedness sort of evaporates over time, and then I can just, like, relax and enjoy the music. And I, I really like the kind of motivational... Like, it kind of motivates you to go, go for a run or something or or be active or jump around or something. So.
0: Well, yeah, if I'm in the, in the gym doing cardio of any sort, that's the type of music I put on. And if I'm listening to a podcast, the difference in my enthusiasm levels is, like, night and day to when I'd have music like that on. Obviously, when I have the heavy metal music on, I do a much more intense workout workout. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it really helps with that as well.
1: Brilliant. So, that's my perspective finished um, for this episode. Have you any final thoughts before we take it home?
0: No, that's it. That was very enjoyable. looking forward to going through your songs as well. Uh, I have similarly... Um, I have, <laughs> funnily enough, I have similar takes to you, but obviously it's not the same type of music. So, it should be interesting to flip it.
1: Flip it, man. and You flipped it on you, Larry. Yeah. Uh, and it's a completely different type of music. So... Let's leave that cliffhanger there for the listener who will tune in next week and uh, do we do some sort of closing comment? Do you want to take us out on that?
0: Some sort of closing comment? No. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I've been Professor T. He's been Dr Toomey. Any final words? Stay open. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter, it's at Open Us Podcast, on Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast, on Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast, and via email, it's Open at gmail.com. Some sort of closing comment. Some sort of closing comment. Some sort of closing comment.